Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic Fans, episode 18. In the studio today, you got Al. What's up? Justin. Yo. And myself, Anthony. So just the three of us today, and we got a doozy. We got um, Al, you're about to go on vacation. I am. I'm leaving yep. tomorrow, so we we're recording a little bit earlier today than Just, we normally do. Justin, you got big plans tonight. Yes, sir. Where is it that you're going? Uh, a very nice, uh, <laughs> a very nice place in uh, by Lake Ivanhoe. It's called uh, Better Than Sex. Nice. Would you like to elaborate, or would you prefer I move on? Um, I've never been there, but uh, my girlfriend wants to go. She's really excited about it. I know they're like a dessert place, and they have some really, really, really uh, nice dessert, I guess. So You'll like gonna, it. You'll like it. We're going to see. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, just seeing her excited about it makes me excited. So I'm yeah, happy. I took my wife for, I believe it was her birthday a couple couple of years ago, and she she really enjoyed it. It's a lot of, it's different. It's it different is. than anywhere that I've ever been before. But if you haven't checked it out and you're above the age of 18, <laughs> check it out. <laughs> definitely recommend it. Um, but let, let's jump straight into um, in the ozone. So I was thinking the other day we we spent so much time in in watching our obviously our favorite team play and analyzing the players on the team. I'm curious to hear what are or who is your favorite player to watch right now in the NBA outside of the Orlando Magic? And Al, you are not allowed to say it won't be. He won't Steph be. Curry. No, he won't be. He's not playing. He is coming back tomorrow, though. Maybe. No, he's not. No, he's not. I saw that. He's not. March second. Yeah. But you know what? After March, it'll be Steph again. But for now, it has been Luka Doncic. Like I'm actually watching Mavs games. Um, even when he was here last Friday, I upgraded my seats. I didn't get good seats for that game. Upgraded just because I wanted to watch him play live. And I gotta tell you, man, that kid is special. Um, it's unfortunate we've talked about it before that he's not in Orlando. He, we didn't take that risk of climbing up in the draft and picking him because that kid's special. He just turned 21 years old, and he can do it all. He can shoot. He can go to the hoop. He's just uh, one in a, a generation talent. Uh, like, he really is that good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's a guy that is fun to watch. The team is winning. Um, that's my guy right now. I, I find it crazy to see how he's able to do everything that he's doing, and it feels like he does it in slow motion. He does. He is the slowest. He has to be the slowest basketball player in the NBA. It's I like putting so. Vucevic in like a point guard, <laughs> like a big point in Luka's body almost. That, that's exactly what it I don't know, man, because there's this guy in Denver. His name is Nik- <laughs> Nikola Jokic. <laughs> who wins that race? Who might beat him in that race. Um, but, no, I think Luka is a good option for me. I'm kind of stuck between two guys that that are just explosive guys. Trey Young obviously could shoot it from anywhere yeah. on planet Earth, uh, but John Morant, John Morant to me is like you can't even watch a Memphis Grizzly game and be bored. Um, he's just so creative with the ball. He has hops for days. He's fast. He has handles. He could do everything. Um, as crazy as this sounds, I feel like John Morant is like a modern day. Russell Westbrook, if that makes sense. No. Although Russell Westbrook is still in the in the game, no, but I see it though. Uh, yeah. With a better shot, yeah. I think John Morant is going to be, you know, incredibly special. Uh, 
and I, I just hope they don't rob him for a rookie of the year this year. Surprising is that um, I find it funny that you say because for me right now, how can you not say Zion? Rookie of the year? Yes. Stop. Yes. Stop. I Zion wait. has played 10 games all year. And to, that's all you need to see. Stop it. To, stop break, it. to break the tie here, if if they make the playoffs, the Pelicans, I will say Zion gets rookie of the okay, year. Okay, so then if Memphis makes the playoffs, Ja gets rookie uh, yeah. of the year. That, that to me would be the factor. That would be the factor to me. How that's not you, fair. You, how you, can you not telling say, me? Like, listen, John ja, ja Morant is fun to watch, but how can you not say, like, Zion? John Morant is leading in assists and points between rookies. Mm, I I just can't like I I can't take a guy, and this is not a knock on Zion. He's obviously a once in a generation talent, and he has all of the tangible and intangible intangible skills to be one of the greatest of all time, possibly. But under fifteen games in in the season with twenty what twenty five games left, that's not enough for me to say. He's absolutely deserving of this award more so than John Moran. That's why I say if they make the playoffs, with the way that he's playing, he's averaging almost 24 points a game, he is making an impact in the playoffs race. Mm-hmm. So if he only plays, you know, 35 games, but the reason why they make the playoffs is because of him, I think that's when you say, okay, it's going to be closer than we expected. As of today, Moran has the, has the advantage. He should be the rookie of the year. But I feel like we've, we've just seen so much of John Morant's. And you're continually NBA. impressed. John Morant's in the <laughs> NBA. Like, so many different names come to mind that he reminds me of. I think a player like Zion, as much as people try to compare him to, let's say, a Charles Barkley type of player, he's he's the most athletic oh, yeah. player for his body style yeah. ever in the read, history of the NBA. I read somewhere that he was weighing in over 300 pounds. Yeah. I, yeah, right now. Somebody that's, was saying that. Yeah, I don't know if it's true that's or not. I, read. I don't know if that. it's true, but if he's playing at that level weighing 300 pounds. He won't last. I don't think he'll last. I don't think his his knees will last, and I'm not trying to be funny, but I don't think his knees will last if he's weighing 300 pounds playing at a professional level. But at the same time, it's impressive as hell that he could play at that level and be as fast and explosive as mm-hmm. he is weighing 300 plus pounds. And he's, he's the 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 guy to really come out of outside of LeBron James as kind of like the phenom where mm-hmm. there's like True. there's been so much hype way before he even touched like college basketball. Mm-hmm. But do you think there's overhype? Like during All Star Weekend on no. Saturday night, dude, they made a they they made a highlight reel. He made the top ten for a missed dunk. That to me is overhype. You know, you're you're not wrong. It is overhype. But you're talking about overhype for a player that plays for New Orleans, the Pelicans. No, yeah. overhype yes. for any player. No. Any player to be on a top ten I of mean, anything imagine, with a missed dunk is overhype. Imagine He's, him playing for the Knicks. That would have been like he would have been, been living yeah, his It would have been over. It's he he has the persona on and off the court. Mm-hmm. He played for Duke, and we've been watching his dunk since high school. Yeah, now, true. now I'll I'll be the first to say that when I was watching these these highlights from him in high school, he was dunking over like these five foot two, five foot three, yep. small freshman ass players. Like it wasn't anything like impressive. It, it was impressive because he was able to do it. And I I mean, but we've been watching this since he was a sophomore in high right. school. Yeah, yeah. no. I get By the time it. that he signed with Duke, it was kind of like, yo, he's a senior already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he, because I thought when he got to Duke that. Nah, it's it's not it's not going to translate. And then it translated, right? 
And then, okay, he did it in Duke. He's not going to be able to do it in the NBA. And then he's doing it in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I get what you're saying about John Morant, but if, if Zion is on the TV, how can you not like watch So him? what does that mean? He's also guaranteed MVP? Who's saying MVP? I'm no, saying I'm rookie asking. Of, I'm, I'm, saying asking. Rookie, I'm saying rookie of the if year. Just, if you're just talking about his impressiveness and you're mentioning Zion in the same sentence as LeBron as being a phenom, right? So what... What's the different like what's what's the distincting factor? I just don't get it. Uh, to me, any award, like even the whole like people's champ Aaron Gordon thing, any award, if you didn't win it and you don't possess it, you don't have it. I don't believe in this like theoretical, oh, I'm the champ, although I was no, you lost. That's really what it comes down to. Zion's first game in the NBA, he was a hundred percent from the three point line. He shot four. Four of them, yep. Like, what more can you expect? I'm not saying, and, so, wait, and I'm not so saying I, it's I, not I, impressive. I have a question. Then we're going to start talking about Magic Basketball. <laughs> if Zion wasn't injured in the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. and oh. he's, been, he's been playing the same way that he's been, is playing right, 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 right now, right. would you still pick Ja over Zion if you had a larger sample size? If I had a larger sample size, it would be even between both players, it and then you could even. judge. It could be even. No. I'm talking about in the amount of games like played. You, you can't. You can't say Ja has almost 50 games, right? Almost 50 games of experience that he's played. And Zion's had 11, 12 games. Like, it's not the same. It's You, you can't earn an award without putting in the same amount of work as somebody else. That's what I have an issue with. If, if, if Zion had a 35, 40 game kind of spread where it was like, okay, we've seen this long enough. Yes, you deserve this. But come on. Ja has played. I think he's missed like two games this year. I think maybe two 11 games. five for sure. Um, and he's doing it. And he's not just doing it for himself. He's making everybody around him better. Yeah. Memphis was a team that went w- during last during the offseason, nobody even thought they'd be in a conversation no. for the playoffs. Right? They were a team. Everyone is young. There's no way they're going to make it. This, that, and the third. Jod changed that entire, uh, what is it called? Kind of. Uh, culture. Yeah, culture. that entire culture. Yeah, for sure. Um, Zion is doing a similar thing. But he has more talented pieces around him. Brandon Ingram became an all-star on his own. You know True. what I mean? Lonzo True. Ball, although he's not a, a scoring threat, is one of the best passers in the NBA. Like Zion's not doing this alone. So you're 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 putting it in in the context of all right. Yes, John Moran is nice. You weren't thinking about Memphis, and now he's bringing them to the the Western Conference playoffs. Playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. The Memphis are in eighth seed. Right. Right. Eighth. The Pelicans are in ninth. Correct. So if the Pelicans beat out Memphis for the eighth seed, are you now giving it to Zion? I think, yeah. I, well, I'm not saying I'm going to give mean. it to Let's Zion. But what, I, what I'll say is if, if New Orleans makes the playoffs over Memphis, then there's an argument to be made. That oh yeah, Zion should be to in me that would be that, that would be the determining factor to me. But I, but I think ultimately, Ja has done it for longer and deserves it. And not only that, but imagine the Lakers and Pelicans in the first round. That would be must-watch TV every game. I, yeah, I it would, it would be fun to watch. Oh yeah. All right, so let's let's jump into Magic basketball. Really good discussion. So right now, the Magic are currently twenty-seven and thirty-two, holding down the seventh seed in the East. Offensively, points per game. We've been at 105.1, which has us at 28th, not in last place. Three-point percentage, 33.6, which has us at 27th. Offensive rating, 106.4, which has us at 26th. Defensively, points allowed, 106.2, has us second in the league. Blocks, 5.9, 
fifth and defensive rating 108, which has us at eighth. So this past week, um, the weekend review, we had a game against Brooklyn, 115-113 to 113 win. Game against Atlanta, 130-120 win. Game versus Minnesota, 136-125 win. The Magic have won five out of our last six games. That's exciting. We've been rolling. And yeah. It's starting to feel as if it's kind of the the post-All-Star team of, of last year. Of last year. Not? Mm-hmm. You know what's funny? So last year what triggered everything was MCW, right? And this year what triggered everything is James Ennis. James Ennis. So it's this little minor moves that we're like, that's all we did? And yeah, the impact that they've had now two years in a row are drastic. But, you know, it's it's funny that you say that because if you think about some of the things that the Magic struggle with is energy, right? Mm-hmm. And both of those guys are energy guys. When yep. Ennis is on the court, you know, definitely he's going to play hard. He's going to run the floor and he's going to look for open opportunities uh, in transition. And MCW the same way uh, with the added benefit of elite level um, on-ball defense. So I think it's it's um, it's pretty funny just to notice that um, that kind of similarity between the two. Um, so yeah, Orlando is one of those teams that has decent talent, uh, but they don't move the ball enough. They don't run enough. So when you get guys in there that want to run, it's going to change things. Yeah. I'm just excited about that win against the Nets on Monday. That kind of started everything the whole week. That was a really fun game. I don't, I'm not sure about you guys. I know we're texting in the group chat, but that fourth quarter, man, having Terrence Ross just go off and, and oh, like, one-on-one, he was, he was going basically by himself against Dinwiddie, Harris mm-hmm. against the Nets. It was a three-point shootout. They hit it. We hit a three. They hit a three. Yeah. That was a really fun fourth quarter. At one point, I just put my phone down. I'm like, I just want to watch this game. Yeah. And let's see what happens. And then, of course, AG showed up, and, and that was a huge win. Not only beating the Nets and getting closer to the seventh seed at that point, but also our second win against them this season, which one more. We win the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. But also the Wizards lost last night, that night. Uh, so then that we gained a game there as well. So huge, right. huge win for us uh, in every aspect. And then the game last night, Aaron Gordon had his very first triple-double. 17 points, 11 rebounds, 12 assists. Yeah. It, it kind of seems like he hit another uh, another level after the, the All-Star break. Um, he had the really tough game immediately after, which I believe it was against the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. And then uh, from there, he's, he's just been rolling. Yeah, AG is, um, you know, everybody knows I'm, I criticize AG a lot, uh, and I talk. You know, some people think it's it's bad talk about AG, but um, he's been playing really well. I think the biggest change that I've noticed is him playing within his skill set um, and adapting, understanding what um, defenses, you know, are, are presented to him, uh, realizing where his, his teammates are on the court, um, always having his eyes up, realizing that you don't have to over dribble and take a contested shot. You could pass out and other people have better options. Um, and I've seen a little bit of transition game with AG and Evan Fournier that I've liked the last few games as well. And I don't know, just I also feel like Markel just brings something out of AG that we haven't seen before. So it's interesting to, to see. I think it's so funny how we're we're talking about AG and Justin finds a way to throw in <laughs> Evan Fournier. <laughs> I caught that too. <laughs> but but you know you know what it is about Aaron Gordon also is he he looks like he is just way more active and way more conscious on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we've seen we're starting to see almost one highlight block a game. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, and pretty they're they're not they're not easy block. Like mm-hmm. he's stopping people from dunking. Like jumping from ball. behind them, coming around the front yeah. and getting the block is pretty amazing. And that that one against the Nets was insane against yeah. uh, Caris Levert. Yeah, that was a game-winning block. So you can kind of see that he's he's putting a focus 
all around for his game. Um, Dante, he's he's even given him the nickname uh, Swiss Army Knife. It doesn't sound catchy, but it no. makes it makes sense. It's it everything does. that we've been preaching about all season long. We're we're saying that in order for Aaron Gordon to be an All Star, he has to be more of a Draymond Green type of player. Yeah, and he's he. It feels like he's finally doing that, and I think that if he can do that consistently, man, we're we're gonna be we're gonna be a problem. Like, this is the AG that we wanted to see from day one, October. I know he has some injuries, and and that's kind of coming back. Some people are saying, "Hey, was he really healthy all year? Maybe that was what slow him down." I think it's more mental than anything else, but if he is healthy right now and this is the AG we're going to get for the next years ahead in Orlando, hopefully, I mean, that changes our whole dynamic. Now, people are wondering, you know, Isaac is out right now, Amino's out, Kiki's next year. What the heck's going to happen with the power forward position and the small forward? I don't that, care. I, right now, I don't care about yeah, that. I'm just enjoying the moment. That's a, good, that's a good problem to have. It is. Yeah. One of those, one of the things I saw was after last night's game against um, Minnesota the Wolves. Yeah. Uh, Ag was doing his, you know, post game com- uh, conversation or whatever, and he made it a point to say like that he wanted to play, like he wanted this level to come out of him while in Orlando, like oh, he yeah. wanted this to be something that he did in Orlando. So I think it's cool to see because it still shows his commitment to the team. Um, although you know a lot of fans have gotten frustrated and criticized him for different things, uh, just to see that he is playing at that level and he is still happy being here. Uh, is is something good good to see. But another point I wanted to bring up was, I think the the not just AG's mindset, but the entire team has kind of changed a little bit. Um, it feels like the team doesn't necessarily settle for threes anymore. Um, they're okay with driving in the paint mm-hmm. and taking you know layups and and things like that. Um, and I, that's good to see because obviously a made layup is better than a missed three pointer any day. But you know what? Me. Again, going back to the Ennis acquisition. It allows for that to happen. So now you have to guard him at the three-point line. Whereas if one dude or whoever was playing the three or the four before, you could just sag off and, and, and close the paint. So I think that also makes it possible for Ross and, and, and Fournier to go to the basket. Uh, Gordon as well. Like, that's creating that driving line for them. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's it's been fun to watch. I feel like in the beginning of the season, we were just watching Jonathan Isaac just do all the blocking for the team, and that yeah. was it. It's starting to feel now as if it's really a, a team effort mm-hmm. around defending the basket. Um, it, we've even seen elite rim protecting from Obama. <laughs> <laughs> so for the month of February, um, Obama is averaging six points, five rebounds, and two blocks while shooting 55% from the field goal and 47% from the three-point line, all while averaging under 12.8 minutes a game. How do you guys feel about the uh, what feels like a resurgence from Man, Obama? it's been fun to watch. And Mo, I think every month has passed this season. He's looking better and better out there. If we compare the mo from now to the mo from October and November, two different guys. He couldn't grab a rebound. He couldn't really like grab a pass and and finish in the, around the hoop. Even three point shots seemed like he was thinking too much. I feel like Mo Bamba is finally getting it. I know he's really young. He's still kind of learning the NBA game. His body's getting filled still to to what he needs to be in the NBA. But he's looking like a player that's finally getting it. The game's slowing down a little bit for him. And his shot blocking has been out of this world this week. I know uh, we were talking about that, him being an elite rim protector. He leads the league in, in minutes per game, um, in minutes, I'm sorry, blocks per minute when they when he plays. So, I mean, that tells you when he's out there, you got to make sure that he, he you got to finish up over him, which won't be easy. So, in under 12.8 minutes a game, his last three games, he had 15 points, 10 rebounds, and four blocks against the Hawks. 
five points, four rebounds, and five blocks against the Nets, which is ridiculous, and seven points, eight rebounds, and one block against the Timberwolves. Yeah, so um, initially there was, there was a conversation. <laughs> yeah, there was a conversation on Twitter where um, I don't remember who it was specifically, but somebody brought up, you know, uh, Mo Bamba being an elite rim protector. And I said something along the lines of, is Mo Bamba really uh, an elite rim protector? And I took a lot of flack on, on social media for that. Um, Elise wrote an article for the Zombie B talking about, you know, Mo Bamba and, and, and his rim protection and kind of where he's sitting at in development. And one of the things I realized was, and I still hold true to it, even even now, for me to, to be elite at something, you have to sustain it. Mm-hmm. It's not a flash, right? Because a flash, okay, you can be greatness in flashes and that's fine. But to be an elite anything, you have to achieve it and you have to remain mm-hmm. there for some I time. So that was the only argument I was trying to make. And I think Mo has um, the potential to be elite. I definitely believe that. I don't think he's elite at this point. Um, I think he's had mom- uh, uh, moments of greatness. Um, and I- I'm just excited to see him continue to develop. But you can argue that he's an elite rim protector right now. In the last three games, he had a total of 10 blocks. Mm-hmm. That's that's intense defense. That's something that we've been asking from. At, at the very least, we're not expecting Mo Bama to go out there and score 15, 20 points for us. Mm-hmm. We're not telling him to go out there and get 12, 13, 15 rebounds. We're just asking him for be active and, and leave his presence on the floor. And we've always known he has... He led the NBA draft camp, uh, combine before Taco Fall mm-hmm. in wingspan. We mm-hmm. talk about wingspan, wingspan this, wingspan, wingspan that, and we really didn't see it from Mo Bamba. So the fact that he's now putting his wingspan to work, yep, I'll take that all day. Call him elite, but this don't is... say anything negative about Mo Bamba to hinder <laughs> his, what he's able to do. On but the this is this board. is this is my my thing, right? There was. Previously in the season, there was stretches where Mobamba was also lauded, right? Everybody said, oh, he's playing so well. Um, wasn't there a game he had like five three-pointers and everybody was losing their yeah, mind because yeah. Mobamba was going off? And then what happened? Then he went on a stretch where he didn't play that well. And then everybody was like, oh, Mobamba this, Mobamba that. All I'm saying is there's ebbs and flows throughout the season. Players have stretches where they play very badly and then they play well. Um and while they're at their best in the season, you can't just throw words like elite out there. That's reserved, at least in my opinion, elite is reserved for the best of the best. And unfortunately, at this point in time, I don't agree that Mo Bamba is at that level. I think he, like, again, has had great stretches. And these last three games have been fantastic. But to call him elite is a little early in my you opinion. You do make a point for the simple fact that I would consider Jonathan Isaac an elite rim protector. And I don't feel Mobamba's at that point with him. But we are we are seeing it. And I think that he deserves at least somewhat of credit for his contributions on the defensive floor without having a player like Jonathan Isaac there. No, I mean, and I will tell you, just in college in Texas, so he averaged this last year 3.7 blocks per game. His last year in college. Left year one, he barely played with us. We know that. He missed most of the season. Mm-hmm. Year two, he's finally getting some minutes. Still 12 minutes a game this month. And he's killing That's it. what makes it impressive. So for me to call him elite, why I would call him elite? He showed it in college. Mm-hmm. In his short games in the NBA, in limited action, he's showing it. So I cannot, I can argue against it. Like I, I feel like, again, I don't want to play the game of elite, not elite. But I will say this, Mo Bamba is making his presence felt, which mm-hmm. we were not seeing that. He was getting pushed around, people going for layups, and he was just falling. 
in the past. He's standing his ground now. His, his muscles are showing. He's, he's, he's being built to be a, a rim protector, which that's what the NBA now needs. A guy that can just stand there, run the floor, block shots, and what's impressive, hit the three, which he can do as well. Um, so I think he will be the new age of NBA centers. Guys that can run fast, block shots, rebound. But even the rebounding is impressive. He's grabbing 10 rebounds, 8 rebounds a game. Look back in October, November. He would average two, three rebounds mm-hmm. a game. Yeah, even definitely something has changed. Oh, yeah. There, there is definitely a change uh, in Mo Bamba, and, and I'm, I'm happy for that change, and I hope that that change continues and that he continues to evolve as a basketball player. That's what we all want, especially since he is here in Orlando. Um, I, I just can't call him elite right now. He seems like he's become way more patient, as if the game mm-hmm. has, has really slowed down for him. Because right. for anyone that really plays basketball, you know that defensively, Doing a block isn't something that you just go out there and just it's do timing. accidentally. <laughs> right. Everything is timing. Everything is being aware and being active. And you can really see that he's the 14, 15 minutes that he's playing, he's making the most of it to the point that when was the last time we talked about Kim Birch? Yep. Does anybody miss That's Kim really Birch? Point. No, not Nobody. Not, not from our conversations that we have. Not from Magic Twitter. Not from anyone on Instagram, Facebook, Reddit. Mm-hmm. Nobody said anything about Kim Birch. And it's because... We're now starting to get what we expected from Mo Bamba. So the question is, does Mo Bamba start stealing minutes away from Vooch? He should. Even like last, even last night, he was in foul trouble a little bit. But even last night, he had stretches where the bench was playing better than the starters. And yeah, you will see Vooch coming back in the game. Like I get why the minutes. He's a star of the team right now. But there are moments that I'm like, the bench is playing so well. Like against, once his game, against um, the Hawks. Uh-huh. Let him play the whole second quarter. Like he was playing that well, reward him for his play. But you I are paying, you are paying Vooch hundred million. But it don't matter. Like it's game one out of eighty-two. Like if he's shining out there, let him, let him enjoy that moment. And that's what I feel again. Back to what we talked about Clifford in the past. There are games when Ross last night he played the whole fourth quarter. Why he was it, lighting it up. So I feel like Mamba needs to be rewarded. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have heard anything. Is there a minutes restriction on Mo Bamba? Because not that I've I've read or heard. I just feel it's. It's difficult to give him minutes, especially because we can say all we want with Vooch. It feels like when I watch Vooch, it feels like he's having a bad game, like all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> but the time. at the end of the game, he's still he's still leading the team in yeah. points, right? So it's kind of like you see Aaron Gordon. He the other day, I want to say it was yesterday. I mean, he played almost forty minutes in the yeah, game. Forty one. So yeah. he's 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 playing so much that it's hard to fill in. Cause even if you, let's say that you didn't want to fill Mo to back up Vooch, it's hard to put him in the power forward position too. Yeah. Cause AG is playing his ass off. Yeah. But what it, what I like to see is the fact that our players are now, they're all playing well consistently. Mm. And I hope that is something that can be sustained. You're, you're seeing the real Terrence Ross, you know, it's not, he's not even Terrence Ross. He's just human torch. Like that's just, Oof. that's just who's playing right now. And Aaron Gordon's playing well. Everyone's playing so good. I would like to see some improvements around the Markel Fultz field, but that's just me. Yeah. But for the most part, you know, we're we're hitting all cylinders, and this team is finally exciting to watch. I mean, there's no reason why we cannot sustain this. We in the month of March, which starts tomorrow, we have 15 games. We play 12 out of 15 games against teams below 500. So it's a month that if we play well, we can make up a lot of ground in the Eastern Conference and probably even. Some some distance between the so, nets. So you know, I was I was actually looking at the at the standings. It looks like we're eight games behind um, the six seed, mm-hmm. and that's the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying we definitely will make six seed. That's not what I'm saying. But with the amount of games left, 
um, and the, the difficulty of the schedule. I think things can work in that favor if everything goes right. Anything can happen. Right. Yeah. And that would be and probably Philly, a matchup. Philly, too. Watch, watch out for Philly. You got Embiid out. You got Simmons, Simmons out. out. Yeah. Um, Miami's struggling right now. You got Indiana not playing so well. Did Victor Oladipo come back? Yeah, he, he did. did. He's he was, just not playing that well. Um, and he's but had he, he's had two more a, injuries. It's a Sabonis show right now. Yeah, that's true. Um, but it's only the Sabonis show because Oladipo is not a hundred. Jeremy Lamb also is out for the season for now. The season so you got a lot of th- things kind of going the magic way. If we can sustain it out, can we sustain it? That's but, the issue. But realistically, anywhere in the top three in the East, do you really like Orlando's chances against oh, no. Toronto, Boston, or, or Milwaukee? But I would rather go to a game in the playoffs knowing I'm facing Toronto, even the Celtics. I don't think I'm going to spank us. But at the end of the day, you're not going to lose by 40 every game. Milwaukee, for two years in a row now, we cannot even touch them. Uh, and nobody can in the NBA right now. Um, they're they're the best team in the NBA. Yeah. Nobody wants to see Milwaukee first. Exactly. No, so the, La- the, Lakers me, the Lakers do not want to see Milwaukee in the NBA Finals. I'd rather play just, you know, f- even if we're losing five games the whole se- the season, uh, the series in round one, but at least we lose by eight, seven points. Competitive basketball. Now, you know, something we're losing by 30 and 40 yeah, points. Not a blowout. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. For me, personally, I want to see Toronto in the first round. Just right. because we have, we have <laughs> that little... Back. We just have that, that history with them last season. I wouldn't and mind. This time, they don't have Kawhi. Obviously, we don't have Jonathan Isaac, but... I don't know, man. I'm, Kyle I'm Lowry has been playing him. out of his mind. Like, the East... They, you know, there's a lot... There's so, there's so much talk about the East being bad. And the top of the East is legit, legitimately good. competitive. Oh, yeah. So I don't you know. know what I would say those top. You know what I like the NBA about this year is that every team has a chance. If you think about it, like they're one injury away from being bad. So if you think about yeah. the Raptors. If Siakam is out one round of the playoffs, that team is not that great. If Giannis sudden, gets hurt, if Giannis if gets LeBron hurt, gets hurt, exactly. If AD so, gets hurt, and that's what the Warriors, you know, the last few years were controlling. They, they ran the NBA. It's like okay, even if KD is out, you got three guys that can play. That yeah. doesn't happen anymore. Right. You got so Paige. Who, who would you say would be that player for the Magic? Who's that one player Vooch? if if they were to get hurt? You think it would be Vooch? Just a scoring aspect of it. Yeah, because even 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 like you just said, even when it looks like Vooch isn't having a good game, he still finishes with twenty eight points. So it's yeah. like it could be quiet twenty eight, but when you're looking at the box score, those twenty eight points are still there. Just am, a scoring threat. Am I am I foolish for thinking that player is Aaron Gordon? No. Just because uh, with, with it, so Nikola Vucevic, right? If he goes out, plug in Mo Bamba, Cam Bird should follow up with him. Aaron mm-hmm. Gordon gets hurt. Who are you replacing? But remember, Aaron Gordon was non-existent up until post All Star. He, he break. wasn't, but he's still a six foot eight, six foot nine. Yeah, he can body that that can at least. Um, give effort on the floor and do something. You know, and you guys are going to be like, oh, he's bringing up Evan Fournier again. But the guy to me that the Magic would miss um, scoring-wise would be Evan Fournier, I oh, think. Oh, you're bringing up Evan Fournier again. Um, no, no, no. Uh, well, in, in a playoff series. In that in case, a, I'll take it one step further. Terrence Ross. Yeah. If yeah. He, yeah. If he has Those a bad are, knee injury, God forbid. God forbid. Realistically, coming from? realistically, Fournier and and Terrence Ross are our scorers, right? Yeah. Those are our shooters. So if those guys were gone, you know, it's going to be a lot more difficult. You're going to if Evan wasn't there and there, and T Ross wasn't there, I'll, I'll say you'll miss the Euro Bros. So I think to make it fair, if any of those four guys you mentioned, Vooch, Gordon, <clears throat> Ross, and Fournier, one of those guys goes out unfortunately with a bad ankle, knee, it changes our whole season around. Like really impacts our scoring. 
So let, let's jump into the juice. Some of you mentioned some stuff about the Pacers. And the Pacers and the Magic were kind of linked together. So just recently, Ian Begley of SNY TV reported Pacers were among the teams that had a degree of interest in acquiring for the Orlando Magic forward Aaron Gordon. <laughs> um, so Al, Al you had mentioned um, earlier before we started the podcast that you know Pacers have shown interest in Aaron Gordon for a little while now, about one or two years. Um, but just thinking, obviously a trade didn't happen. So it's either they were asking for too much or there just wasn't anything that we really were interested in Indiana. Is there any players outside of Victor Lodipo, because I doubt he was anywhere near available, Mm-mm. that you would want that would make sense for a deal for Aaron Gordon? Um, so this is this is really funny to me because we w- shouldn't even be in this conversation, right? Because let's just say, so DeMontis Sabonis is an all-star now. If we wouldn't have traded... Victor yeah. Oladipo and the draft pick that ended up being DeMontis Sabonis, we would have had Sabonis, Depot, right. and Aaron Gordon. Yeah, this conversation right. would have never happened. But but the the fear is always, can Aaron Gordon coexist with Jonathan Isaac? Is a player like DeMontis Sabonis a player that would be better alongside I don't, Jonathan I don't think Isaac so, more so than Aaron Gordon? I don't think so because no. I think DeMontis Sabonis has to play that 4-5 spot. Yeah. Um, and... Just going back to that whole AGJI conversation, JI, I, in order for the for AG and JI to be able to coexist, Jonathan Isaac has to develop a consistent shot. Oh yeah, for sure. If he can shoot and he can play the small forward role, then they'll coexist. Yeah. But if if his shooting is still a problem, that's going to clog up the lanes for AG and mm-hmm. it's going to make things difficult. I think the guy that they're going after, if they talk to Indiana again later on, is Brogdon. That's mm-hmm. a guy that the Ma- the Magic front office drafted in Milwaukee. So in my opinion, I think it's a guy that they like. But that was before um before us seeing what Markel's done, right? Because Brogdon Correct. He could play shooting guard, but is he I don't know. I think he's better on the ball than off the ball in my True. Opinion. Now but that, that's the only guy that's the only guy in Indiana that I'm thinking about that has some sort of history with our magic front office. And that may be a guy they want to have in Orlando. But again, other than that, doesn't make any sense to me. And again, if AG plays at this level, I don't see the Magic as right trading him. Like I, I know we had some talks because he wasn't playing well. It's like, hey, is this the AG we're gonna have for the next years ahead? But the way that he's showing right now, I think the Magic hold on to and him. And now Kelly Oubre is injured too, so that injured. makes it a little more interesting in the off season. What what is crazy? So while you guys were talking, I plugged in just whatever some a random trade, um, in the trade machine. <laughs> And a trade that would work is Malcolm Brogdon, who is salary four years, 20 mil. DeMontis Sabonis, who is still under his rookie contract, um, or not rookie contract, five years, three million. So this guy is not getting paid anything. Mm -hmm. Um, A trade that would work is Malcolm Brogdon, DeMontis Sabonis for Aaron Gordon and Aminu. Nah, nah. I think I think everybody's forgetting what Aminu is capable of, and I, I said this, you know, earlier in the year. That puts us at that puts per trade machine puts the Magic at a plus seven. Um, wow. I I think when when Aminu returns to this roster, um, and now that the ball is moving and the pace is up, I think Aminu's uh, Aminu's gonna kind of show through, um, and his offensive skill set is gonna show through as well, um. You know, he he didn't play too long. It was his first year in the system, mm-hmm. and I still believe that Aminu is one of those guys that you want on your roster. Man, I, I t- when I heard Demontis Sabonis made the All Star game, I was like, "What, really? 
Like there's nobody <laughs> nobody else in these. Probably and if you. if this Aaron Gordon oh yeah played the way that he's playing now throughout the whole entire season, this could have been his year. Yeah. Granted, definitely very, very small sample size, but man, I, I don't if know. If he can keep it up, he's an all-star. He just has to maintain it. That's that's the tough thing. Can he maintain it? So in other news, you guys are gonna laugh at this one. So on the jump, Scotty Pippen, mm. um, who is a, a contributor to the show, they asked him about the slam dunk contest. And on the show, Pippen admits that the dunk contest judges had agreed to tie the score. And somebody, Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade, did not stick to what they're calling a pact. So they all agreed that, hey, we are going to make it a tie so that they have to slam dunk again, yep. right? They would have to attempt again. And everyone punched their numbers. And the minute that everyone punched their numbers, and Scottie Pippen tried to kind of save face a little bit because he says that in the midst of them trying to input numbers, they accepted the score and locked them out and they weren't able to change anything. Yeah. But I think it goes to show you just how ridiculous a slam dunk contest is because as a judge shouldn't it just be what you yourself personally think exactly and that's what it's always been by the way uh, this this is the first year i noticed that where they kept just even when they would like dunk and put the judges on camera they were like talking to each other they were like coordinating the scores i'm like what's going on right now and what i'm used to again i grew up watching vince carter these great dunkers you saw a dunk you grabbed a card keep it simple grab the no technology no crap grab a card Eight, nine, ten, whatever it is, and call, lift it up yeah. in two seconds. Like, no it, looking it, around. Like it's to me, it makes me mad. As you're as you're saying this right now, again, it pisses me off again to that night we're watching it together, and the shock factor, and that's why because he got cheated. And the thing is, the NBA won't come and say nothing about it. Wade won't admit it, it's, and yet Jones got a new Puma deal, and he's celebrating out there saying I'm the best dunker in the NBA. Come take the title from me. Come on, see, man. Like, but but for for me. Um, it's over. You lost. Oh, it, no, it is. Move on. It, no, like it, it is. It shouldn't. It, in my opinion, you know, you could talk about it. Obviously, it happened. But but to even still feel resentment or, or be upset about it is, is ridiculous. Because, first of all, it's a dunk contest. Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of things, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything for well, your career. But the things that there's guys like AG that, again, are known to be dunkers, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine Vince Carter getting robbed in 2000. Would his legacy be the same? Had he dunk, he lost to Steve Francis because he was a short guy jumping high. So Vince lost because his free throw line dunk was one step in. Not you know that wasn't the winner. So I, you think Vince Carter's entire legacy was based no no no. Upon but when you watch, Icon- but when we're iconic. talking about iconic moments, it's iconic, right? But the dunk was iconic. It, it doesn't no. matter. Yes, you're, you're telling me yeah, that. I'm not saying that the dunk by you itself. You remember the score of the dunk? No, contest. not the score. But you remember that. <laughs> you remember that he won it. You're talking about. Literally the one of the best slam dunk participants in the competition in history that participated three times mm-hmm. and didn't win once. See, but this is the thing. The fact that he didn't win doesn't take away from those dunks. When you think about a great slam dunk contest dunks, you're still gonna think about stuff rotating on the little hoverboard yeah, yeah. and AJ catching that but and doing is, the Liberty this dunk. Is the thing though, like What's new? Why are we talking about it today? Because another judge, now three judges have admitted that it was supposed to be a tie. Somebody cheated. They won't say who it is. We know it's Dwayne Wade. So that's what we're talking about. It. It's because judges, legit guys that were there judging are saying, yeah, he got robbed, whatever. So that's what we're talking about. It. I moved on. We moved on. We're not talking about it anymore. But 
he just had it last night. And he just kind of reiterated the fact that Dwayne Wade cheated. And he won't face it. He won't admit it. He's still saying to this day, I wasn't the only one that gave a nine. Damn. That's garbage. Like, I mean, I, I get it. I, like, I, I, I don't think just, it's that big of a deal. It's no, it's I, past, I agree. But I get it. But again, from the get go, we all said wise way to judge when it's a Miami Heat player. We all said it from the jump. We're watching it together, and then at the end, just admit it. Hey, listen, guys, I gave him a nine because I wanted it to be over. Like I felt like that was enough dunks. Johnson was a better the better dunker. That's it. You say that, I'm happy. But don't come here telling me Gordon was the best dunker. I gave him a nine because. John should have won. That's it's it's, I don't know. To me, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I, I think that even even though he didn't win it, he still won it. Like he still like during his oh, yeah. slam dunk um, attempts, they were playing pull up his oh, yeah. song throughout oh, yeah. the whole entire arena on national television. He dropped the song. What was it? The same day? The same weekend? Yeah, the same weekend. After afterwards, he was partying in the club to his song. You know what I mean? And not only that, but even Terrence Ross to this day, because sometimes on ESPN gets talked about, and their slam dunk contest champion, Terrence Ross, made a sick dunk last night. Like, even that, like, adding that to your to your resume. But don't you think that that's because there's no championships there? The old, like, to me, maybe why, I'm, maybe why, I'm why old can't, school. Why can't we maybe. have that? Why can't we have that moment of happiness? You can. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm so not imagine saying. imagine this. Imagine uh-huh. this. Imagine it was Evan Fournier in the finals of the three-point shooting contest. Yep. And all of a sudden... This random guy just beats him. Yep. The and guy from, the, the and guy from saying, Miami, the Robertson, Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson beats Fournier. <laughs> okay. And what they're saying is that his shot was released a second late, so it didn't count. But yeah, the video shows it should have counted. But that's entirely different, Al. It's different because it's the three-point contest is not based on somebody's perception Judge, of true. what you did. That's Absolutely. true. It's based on a clock, Absolutely. and it's based on the shots that you're well, taking. Well, let's assume that there was a human factor to it. Like, the human, the ref that was there said it didn't count. They can't review it, so he lost. And then you complain about it in the moment, but, I mean, it's been almost two weeks. No, no, but Pepin just talked about it last night. Another judge came out last night, yesterday, and said, hey, yeah, he got cheated. Like, again, we all forgot about it. AG, ultimate, ultimately, AG had marvelous dunks eye-opening dunks and should he have won the dunk contest yes did he win no you're not gonna do it again okay all i know is this Move if on. i was an nba player who if my talent was to jump high can dunk I'm, I'm known to be a powerful player powerful dunker and you know since i was little i grew up watching vince carter J- jason richardson and my goal was to one day be one of those guys and, and have that dunk contest champ- uh trophy it would suck man to do it three years in a row or whatever it was three years out of the last five no, I could have won too. I didn't. You know, you grow up with these ambitions. Like, I want to be a champion, yeah. obviously. I want to make an all-star game. True. But I grew up wanting to be a dunk, slam dunk champion. And to get that taken away from you, because, again, some sort of crazy stuff happened there with the judges, and then they're admitted to it, it just sucks. I understand. It's over with. We cannot live on this. But, again, it's, it's just still painful that that happened. All right. So, extremely random because I said, and then I started laughing to myself. <laughs> yeah. So, Duncan Robinson from Miami. Uh-huh. Do you think that his parents were Spurs fans? <laughs> that's funny. That is funny. <laughs> hey, that's true. That is hilarious. Right? That's David crazy. Robinson Can you ma- Duncan. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Can you imagine being named Manu Parker? Crazy. <laughs> All right. So, um, we're, we're going to move on to get it off your chest. We're obviously talking about Aaron Gordon, and I posted it on my Instagram, Orlando Magic HQ. Posted on other forums as well. Um, and a lot of people, they are on the Aaron Gordon hype train. So, 
Um, choo, this, choo. <laughs> this first one comes from Josh Gomez Music on Instagram, Orlando Magic HQ, where he says, AG is playing like he's pissed off, and I love it. LOL. It's the kind of energy and passion that we've been missing. Do you honestly think that he's pissed off about missing the slam dunk contest and not winning, and he's really incorporating into his game? Or is it that he's just now understanding what he needs to contribute successfully? I think it's a combination of both. I think AG was initially upset um, at the slight at the dunk contest. But I think he's also realizing that for him to be taken seriously as a basketball player and not just looked at as a dunker, he has to take his game to the other level. Um, he has he has all of the physical attributes to be successful, right? He has like this star appeal about him as well. Like mm-hmm. you you kind of want to hear AG talk. You kind of want to be around AG. He kind of has that that gravity to him. Uh, but his game wasn't there. And I think he's he's recognizing that in order for him to be great, he has to be selfless. He has to get others involved and he has to know his own limitations. And because of that, I think he's making those adjustments to make sure that next year when February comes around, like you said, you're not talking about AG the dunker. You're talking about AG the basketball player. Yeah, I think it was. I think he played a, maybe a small factor, you know, losing the contest and getting upset and playing <laughs> mad. I think maybe a slight factor into what's going on. But he did say early February that he sat down with uh, Coach Clifford. And ever since then, I feel like he has changed his game style. And I don't know if it was an honest conversation. And and, and I've seen, like I said earlier before uh, we started recording, watching the game live last night. His random, you know, between the leg, between the uh, between his back moves that he used to do, that would normally lead to a step-back three-pointer or a step-back or a forced drive to the basket are now leading to an open pa- a pass to an open teammate, right. leading to an alley-oop. So I think the game just slowed down for him. I think he simply is seeing the game better. He's not forcing things. If he's open, he's shooting it. If he's not, he's going to the basket. And I think that's the better or AG. Or passing it up. Or passing it up. And I think that's the best AG. The one that's out there to play that Draymond Green role. Now he's scoring more than Draymond. But I think, again, he's a better shooter than Draymond also. Um, so I think that's as simple as it gets. He's allowing the game to come to him. So to add, um, Erwin M. Fletcher from Reddit he said, AG is coming into his own and is learning how to apply his game to get the most out of it. This is not just hot shooting. He is making the right adjustments to take his career to the next level, a great product to be a part of. And what this reminds me of, I feel like, all right, slam dunk, all-star weekend, all that's done and over with. Now it's playoff push time. If you've ever played basketball and and you know the you're you're either down or a play doesn't go right or you lost the first game is it's about to be the next one and then you got five people waiting so now if you lose you gotta wait some you more gotta, yeah. it kind of feels like you you start tucking your shirt in yep. you wipe you wipe the dirt from focused. from your shoes you tie your laces a little tighter I feel like that's what we're getting from Aaron Gordon I think now yeah. it's it's he's he's not forcing anything he's not rushing anything he's making the right moves the right yep. plays he's being patient his his timing is a lot better. He's his pace. He's pushing. He's he's doing all the right things. And I think that in order for us to be able to make any difference, it, it has to be him. He has to be the one that leads it. Evan oh, yeah. Fournier needs to keep doing what he's doing. Vooch, same thing. Terrence Ross needs to keep shooting the way he's shooting. But Aaron Gordon just has to be that person that kind of does yeah. everything. You know, one of the things if you if you watch him. Uh, the last three games, and you you kind of focus on on him, you know, while he's playing on the court, you realize that he still has those tendencies to like be selfish, over dribble, and all of those things. 
but there's like a flash where you could see he thinks about it yep. and he's like, no, I'm going to make a different choice. Yep. So I, I think he's actively working to better that aspect of his game. And I, I think that's awesome to see. There was yeah. a play that he did where he was driving to the lane and it was it was a little it was a lot of combustion because it wasn't going to end well. He had like two three people caving on him while he was driving and then he kicked it right back over to Jim, James Ennis and he went in there and just slammed it down. Yep. And it's what you want to see from Aaron Gordon. Like, and he's so strong that when he goes to the basket, he's going to command a double team. And I think that's what it leads to. If he's just now making that adjustment from forcing the layup or the dunk to just looking for that teammate that's open from the double team, it's an open three-pointer. It's an open layup. He's, again, like you said, Justin, he kind of, it's like shaking his head like, okay, wait, time out. I'm not doing the right thing here. Yeah. And he's passing the ball. Um, but again, that's an X factor for us. There's some crazy stats on Twitter this week that I saw when he scores 25 or more, when he scores 20 or more, we are like something crazy, like 12 and two or something like that. So it's key. He is that, that X factor for us. Even without Isaac, I mean, with Isaac's back even better, but he's that guy that if Vooch is doing what he's doing, Phone is doing what he's doing, Ross as well, and he can contribute to that, we are a much better team. Aaron yeah. Gordon is a player that you have to respect. Um, I believe just from social media presence, maybe Markel Fultz is just a little more popular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nikola Vucevic was an all-star report, but when you talk about Aaron Gordon, you have to respect him. Oh, if, yeah. he, if he's driving to the lane, you got you to gotta step up. He commands. When he's driving, commands a double team. Right. It, you mm. have to make that decision. If he's coming down the lane, you either got to get out of the way or you have to you have to attempt because you know I that see he's going to take it in. I want to see a Zion AG matchup. It's coming um, soon. But also, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I just, th- this team against Minnesota scored 136 points. That's crazy. They dropped 130 on the Hawks. Like, the, 115 on the nets it's Offense beautiful to see if you think about it i mean this is a team that struggled for the longest time to score 100 points i think when we talked about earlier this month or last month about us having this easy schedule to close out the season that's what's so important it's because now these teams don't play defense that well mm-hmm. and i don't know why though like open three-pointers should go down against a good team or a bad team but for right. some reason against bad teams we do really really well um that's what's exciting about march 12 out of 15 games again against teams under 500 so if the offense can keep on clicking the defense will be good enough for us to win games. Mm-hmm. Now, Connor Fuelner, um, on Instagram, Orlando Magic HQ, he said, we aren't making it out of the first round. Come on. We most likely take the eighth seed and get killed by the Bucks. Watch the rest of the NBA, and you realize that we're nowhere close to competing in the playoffs. Magic are obviously on the hot streak right now. Obviously, nobody wants to see the Bucks in the first round. Mm-hmm. But let's say that, because I don't see us being the eighth seed, Milwaukee obviously won't fall out of that. I honestly see us in the seventh to face either Toronto or Boston. Mm-hmm. But do you think that it would be similar to last season where um, it's maybe a one-game shutout that say go home, or do you honestly see the Magic, if they're able to sustain this level of play, to be able to do some damage in the playoffs? Um, if they sustain this level of play, I mean, anything is possible, mm-hmm. right? I think this is... Like I said earlier, this is a season where every team is one injury away from no longer contending for a championship. Yeah. Uh, so, I, like I said, I think every anything is possible. It also depends on the matchup. You know, if we if we play the Bucks, I don't like our chances. At all. Um, <laughs> but again, you never know because the times we've played the Bucks, we've played with a subpar AG. He hasn't been playing. That's true. The way he's playing now, and we've made it close against the Bucks a couple times actually. So. 
I don't know. It's it's one of those things that you don't know what you got till you got it. Um, but it's exciting to you know to get ready for. I think we're getting greedy. You know, when we started the year, even last year, our goal was to win as many games as possible, make the playoffs. That was what we wanted to do as Magic fans. And all of a sudden, I get it. We want to do more, and that's the normal thing of life, right? You got something spoiled. Yeah, we get you spoiled. Got spoiled. Um, I actually tweeted that this morning. I'm like, hey, we won 25 games the year before. Um, Coach Clifford came to Orlando. We won 42 last year. And we can easily win 40 again this year. You know, like, we complain a lot about Clifford, but again, the results are there. Even on a unhealthy year, we're still going to win about 40 games this year. In the playoffs, we understand. We are the magic. We don't have that star power just yet. AG's getting there. Hopefully, he, he can keep it up. We don't have the ability to compete against a Milwaukee, against Boston just yet. We know that. That's why internal development is so important. Isaac take the next leap. Bamba, uh, faults. Uh, that that's what will lead to us becoming a better team down the road. We're not there yet, and I'm okay with us losing, you know, four two, even four one in a competitive series. That's the reality of our team, and that's what, what we are now. If we face the Raptors and they don't have Gasol, they don't have Siakam because of injuries, that changes everything. Now all of a sudden we have a chance. We should win that series, but the reality is we are a first round team at this moment i think the fans that are literally saying oh well we're not going to make it past the first round or oh we're not we're not going to do this where why are we wasting our time we should just be uh tanking i think those are the fans that just started watching the magic again Mm because we've been winning if you've been a fan since before dwight howard and post dwight howard we've missed the nba playoffs how many times Mm -hmm. you're not you're not really you're not saying that you're not saying any of that you're Last season, there was so much hype around the Magic because we made the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, we're we're complaining because we might get eliminated in the first round. Stop it. Spoiled. And the idea idea of, oh, if you don't have a superstar, it's not worth to compete. That, to me, is a backward ideology. How do you even... You don't become an NBA player by deciding in your mind, oh, I'm not going to compete. Yeah. I'm just gonna let it go. We're gonna lose anyway. That's, and I'm not saying by any means that we have know. like they, we have a Kobe Bryant on our team or that we have the next Kobe, but when Kobe made the playoffs his first few years, did they win a ring right away? No, you need experience. You need to get out there. And for fans that are listening to this, go to a game in the playoffs and understand the difference. Go to a game now in March. Go to a game in March and go to a game in April when the playoffs are around. It's totally different. And that as a fan, I wanna go back to a game even if we're gonna lose against yeah. the Bucks, whoever it is. Take me to game three, game four it's at just, Amway. It was so fun, man. I'll be so out of the. I'll be. I'll be leaving the game without a voice. We'll be doing some watch parties in downtown. That's what it's all about. I'll be there with so, you. So, again, are we going to win? Who knows? But Pe- just give were, me that experience. People were saying that you know this team is done when Jonathan Isaac got hurt. Like, yep. what are what are we going to do? Look at us. How many teams still survive? And it's arguable to say whether or not Jonathan Isaac is or isn't our best player. But how many people? How many teams survive one of their best players being injured the rest Not of the season? Not only that, but Amino, Vooch a long time, Augustine a long time, MCW a long time. AG, Terrence I mean, Ross. I mean, again, back to what I said earlier, we, we criticize Clifford a lot. Clifford gets a lot of criticism from us, but you cannot deny the fact that the team plays hard and something magical happens. Because again, we win games at the end of the day. It's not always pretty. But we win the games. You know, it's funny because you were just talking about like the injuries and stuff. One of the healthiest guys throughout his time in Orlando has been Evan Fournier. Yeah, he's not one of those guys that's been injured for a prolonged <laughs> amount of time. No, and I know Ant is like, why are you bringing up Fournier? But always finds a reason. No, no, no. It's just it's really interesting. Like when you said that, it made me think of wow. Uh, Evan is one of the only guys that hasn't had extended uh, injury history while on this team. 
That's true. Throughout right. his career in Orlando, it's true. Whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let, let's move into the week ahead. So we have a, a really good test upon us. Saturday, we play against San Antonio. Monday against Portland. Wednesday at Miami. And then we play Minnesota again on that Friday. I think this is where we're really going to find out what this team is made of. Uh, we haven't decided what the game of the week is. I honestly think it should be Miami. Portland. It, it has to be. I mean, it's Miami. It's One is it's our in-state rivals. No, yeah, that's true. They're a playoff contender in the East, and we've gotten waxed. And Myers Leonard was talking shit. So. And Jones. <laughs> and I, I am, I am hoping that Aaron Gordon just slams the shit out of Derrick Jones. <laughs> Which he did before. With a picture going like, around, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that it's. I don't care if it's an elbow to the chest. Derrick Jones, Derrick Jones doesn't play too many minutes though, so we might not even plays, see him. He plays off the bench, so ideally you get Gordon and him matched up at some point. Just like you said, a hard foul, something would be nice to see something uh, fun happen in that game. So are we going with a winner or a loss against Miami? Against I actually, Miami. I actually think um, Orlando goes undefeated the whole week. Oh, oh, that's. Hot so pick. I can see San Antonio because they don't they don't have uh, Aldridge playing tonight. I can see Portland because uh, Lillard's not playing that game, and Minnesota's Minnesota. But Miami's the only game of the week that I'm like, uh, um, I'm gonna say we go three and one this week, and I would say the loss comes against Miami. Unfortunately, I'm going with a win against Miami in Miami. My guy, I think AG is gonna gonna go off just to stick it to Dwayne Wade. I hope so. And my <laughs> prediction, we're gonna beat him by nine. so in in case you are watching um uh, the brooklyn nets um and just kind of tracking how they're doing um this next this week they're they're following uh they're playing against miami on saturday boston on tuesday memphis wednesday and then san antonio on friday so they have a pretty tough schedule up ahead as well so we might be able if we can if we can really take advantage of these next four games um we can kind of create some space between us and brooklyn we definitely can it's starting tonight we actually have a starting half a game tonight. lead we play san antonio they play the heat so okay i'm not a heat fan by any means you guys know that but i'm rooting for the heat tonight and i'm rooting for us of course beat san antonio tonight so it would be nice to start that new month Having a one and a half. Game I don't lead. think you're ever allowed to say I'm rooting for the Heat in a sentence. Tonight I am. Tonight but I am. um, anytime after you. March, unfortunately, I start rooting for these random teams that I'm not a fan <laughs> of. But I just want to see us to our benefit. To our benefit. Yeah. <laughs> final thoughts. Yeah. Um. So my final thoughts are actually not about the Magic. Um. It's about an ex Magic player. He played here for a season. It was Ben Gordon. Um. He had an article on the Players Tribune. It's called "Where Is My Mind." Uh, where he was talking about his battle with anxiety, depression, panic attacks. A really intense article, really insightful. Um, and I think a lot of people probably uh, have read. And if you haven't, you should. Um, it'll make you feel, you know, like you're not that alone sometimes when you struggle and things like that. Um, it was it was something that I enjoyed. Um, and I think that Ben Gordon did uh, you know, a really good job in opening up and allowing people to see that side of him. Uh, so I recommend it. Where is my mind by Ben Gordon on the Players Tribune? Nice. I haven't, I haven't seen it, so I'll, I'll be checking it I out. I think in that article he had mentioned that he hated Coach K. It was in the article. It was tied to Ben Gordon. He said it this past week that he hated Coach K. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. That's interesting. I didn't. So I, that part wasn't there, but um, I like I said, I still recommend uh, giving it a read. 
Good. For me this week, uh, I just want to see Markel go back to being Markel. I, I don't know about you guys, but it feels like he's not been playing to what we're used to uh, the past few months. Mm. Uh, even his shot. I, I, tw- I texted to you guys last night, watching him live last night. He had a couple of three-pointers that just looked completely off. Um, I saw him kind of grimacing a little bit. I'm not sure if he's in pain or what it was. But I want to see him go back to being the Markel was attacking the rim. I mean, he had solid numbers last night. He had a good, a good game. But again, it felt like it was a forced padding of stats. It wasn't really the, a natural, fluid game from him. I want to see him just kind of go out there, run the floor, attack the basket, and shoot the open threes and make them. Uh, it's been a while that he hasn't made a three-pointer. It's been a couple of games that he hasn't made one. So I just want to see Markel be Markel. Nobody respects the magic. It's just one of those things that it's been like that from the very beginning. Tough games ahead. Leave your stamp. Make an impact and start scaring these first, second, third, fourth seed teams. And make them feel like maybe we don't want to play the magic in the first round. That's right. That'd be fun to see. All right. Good stuff. Big game tonight. That's a wrap for us. Peace. Peace out. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of magic fans. Be sure to visit our website, theozonepod.com, and remember to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.